0: I hate this town I hate this fucking town I don't even want to be in this town I know I are to leave this town gonna take this town I don't know this town Must so have running its This fucking town We can leave this town I'm walking on the grass And I've never seen this town She's got dreams too big for this town
1: Hello, and welcome to He Was a Boy, She Was a Girl, and She Also Was a Girl, an Avril Lavigne retrospective podcast. I am, as always, Elaine, and with me there are two other human beings. One of those is Sybil. The other is Adam. (sighs) So... Uh, as always, we're a podcast that goes through every pop-punk and emo-pop record, and blah-blah-blah, they charted on Billboard, they are tagged as pop-punk or emo-pop on Rate your Music, and we review them because we're dumb. Uh, this is not a pop-punk record. I don't know why Radio Music tags it as a pop-punk record, but today we're talking about Let It Go by Avril Lavigne. And uh, it's not a pop-punk record, unless now pop-punk just means
2: having a streak of color in your hair. It might.
3: That's pop punk, yeah? If it meant more than that, it would just be punk.
2: It's true. You have to be 40-something and male to be punk. But until you're there, you're pop punk.
1: <sighs> I I didn't hate this record as much as I was expecting. But also, I didn't like this record. So this is gonna... I, I don't have much to say about this record, I'll be honest.
2: I'll have fun.
1: I am glad you will have fun. I'm just like... <sighs> this was a record.
2: This was a record. She was a singer. Did you know that she was on top of charts?
1: Do we want to give a little background on how Avril Lavigne was formed? Well, Well,
3: when a mommy and a daddy daddy love love each each other very (laughs)
2: much. (laughs) (laughs) Jinx. I owe you a Coke.
0: Do you have the time to listen to me
2: Levine was formed in 1984 in the city of Belleville, Ontario, when all of the cells that form her body decided to join up and the process of mitosis into one human infant being. We could not find whether or not she comes from rich background and connected parents, but you take a wild guess about the 17-year-old who suddenly got to be a top-of-the-charts artist before being groomed for Chad Kroger husbandry. I mean, since a young age, from her interviews, her family pushed her towards a music career. While in school, her father bought her a microphone, a drum kit, a keyboard, several guitars, and converted their basement into a studio. I'm sure that they had to scrape and work five jobs to make this happen. Absolutely.
1: So, even as a kid, she would just start to perform semi-professionally at, like, country fairs and stuff but in 1999 she eventually won a contest to sing with Shania Twain at the Coral Centre in Ottawa uh, before an audience of 20,000 people. Totally normal thing to happen to a kid. Uh, during a performance with the Lennox Community Theatre, she was spotted by local folk singer Stephen Med who invited her to contribute vocals on a song Touch the Sky for his 99 album Quinty Spirit. She later sang on Temple of Life and Two Rivers for his follow-up album, My Window to You, in 2000. By this time, she had finally found a manager in Cliff Fabry, who will eventually help her get her first record contracts with Arista Records. And uh, she goes to make Let Go, which is the record that we're talking about today.
0: Mama take this badge off of me I can't use it anymore It's getting dark, too dark to see I Feel I'm knocking on heaven's door Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door.
3: Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's And she door. goes to where everyone else on this goddamn podcast goes, knock, knock, Los Angeles. <sighs>
1: You know, I really like that one song by Strang Out where they talked about how much Los Angeles is hell. So, yeah.
3: I am willingly moving closer to there soon, so.
1: Well, you can start your music career. I don't think so. There's also the Elliot Smith song. I also didn't have a particularly good time in Los Angeles. I think most songs about
2: Los Angeles aren't positive. I'm sure there is some Christian band who has done one, but... That's a whole other show.
3: I don't know the name of the song, but there is one that goes on about how much they love L.A. that they play after the Dodgers win baseball stuffs.
1: If you move it to California in general, then you have the whole discography of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but that sucks. So, I don't
2: know. Yeah, let's let's not discuss Californication ever again. Can we discuss the show Californication? It wasn't that bad. Wasn't amazing, but it was not Red Hot Chili Peppers bad.
3: Just like this album.
2: Two years of work with a variety of different producers resulted in "Let Go" coming about, including Curtis Frosca, Cliff Magnus, who worked with Celine Dion, The Matrix Studio, which will co-write Corn's seventh album. Hey, did you guys see the Corn Baby this the past couple weeks?
1: No. Uh, was that the tweet
2: about the? The woman whose baby is now named Corn because she was doped up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, okay. a thing.
3: Uh. And
2: Peter Zizo.
3: That's a fun name.
2: Yep. And it's spelled with a K, too.
3: No, 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 no. Uh, Zizo. It's like uh, 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 Lizzo's less famous brother.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to go into what that means in Italian because um, I don't want to. Oh. <laughs> it's a really, uh, if you exchange the O with an A, it's a really rude word to say
2: breasts. <laughs> <laughs> Ziza! Ziza! Ooh, ooh. Sal Ziza holds American and Italian citizenship as well as two knockers on their chest. <laughs> the production was apparently a sort of push and pull, as with many songwriters. Everil felt the songs did not support what she could bring to the table. But nevertheless... She was uh, a nobody at the time who was not even of legal drinking age and had to just accept these songs and say thanks, which is the Canadian way. Five singles would promote the record,
1: Complicated, Skated Boy, and I'm With You, will all be smash successes, reaching the Billboard Hot 100 singles top 40, with the best performing being her debut single, Complicated, which debated on number two. You...
3: Said there were five singles, and then you did not list five. What were the other ones?
1: The other two were Losing Grip, which will only reach 64 on Billboard. And the fifth one will be Mobile, which will not really chart. Uh Aha, loser song. (laughs) I just wanted to look at the charts, because we haven't looked at the charts in a while. And this one has, at number five, The Amazing Hero. By Chad Kroger, featuring Josie Scott from the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack, which I feel is already a good start to discuss the chart. is specifically the um, 3 August 2002 chart, which is when
2: Complicated uh, was a number two on the Billboard chart. The only track that beat her was Nelly's Hot and Her. I have to say it that way, being white. Yeah. Uh,
1: two songs by Nelly in the top three, which is interesting. One of which featured Kelly Rowland. I
3: mean, the middle was at number 12. Right above Vanessa Carlton, everyone's favorite.
2: There's some names on here that I just forgot existed. Like what? N-O-R-E. Ashanti, although that was, you know, a depressing reason for that. Uh, Cheryl Crow had a career. I think this was her last big single with Soak Up the Sun. Do I Need a Girl Parts 1 and 2, both in the top 25. And you have to remember, this was when he went full mask off insane. Toby Keith's Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, the Angry American Anthem.
1: I don't know what that is, and I don't think I want to know. You don't. I'll be honest.
2: Remember how mad I got at the Madonna rap? Mm-hmm. You would get that mad at this.
1: Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, we also have The Calling, my favorite band. Creed, with One Last Breath. Oh, remember when Pink was a thing?
2: Pink has another album coming out this summer.
1: Pink had an album coming up, like, last year, and it was really bad. Like generally, really bad.
2: Because I've been looking up the new singles by Garbage, Churches, and a lot of other groups. It keeps going. You want Pink too, right? <laughs> right? No.
1: Uh, I, I'm gonna argue that Pink was always very bad. But I
3: mean, uh... that sounds like a personal problem, Ellie. Michelle Branch is on here, which is uh, fun because I'm gonna uh, uh talk about her later. <laughs>
2: okay. Oh, man, my neck, my back burst onto the chart this week. Where? 42.
1: Oh, my God. This is also the week when sweetness started coming in the in the chart.
2: Oh, God, I just remembered the Elvis Presley Junkie XL mashup track. That guy scores movies now. That's insane. This is so fun to just read some of these names. It's like, oh, you existed. (sighs) Ah, Goo Goo Dolls.
1: Papa Roach. Oh wow, the 2000s were terrible. <laughs> Puddle of Mud. Two songs by
2: Puddle of Mud
1: in the charts?
2: Oh come on. Come on. We have to talk about the bottom 5 where we have Filter, The Yin Yang Twins, and Korn's here to stay about to drop off the chart at number 100.
1: Okay, I think I think we're done with the chart.
2: I, I closed it because I can't go on any further.
1: I always love just being reminded that the 2000 existed, like, for real. That we're not you just... You lived two. through them
3: and everything. The yin-yang twins.
1: The yin-yang twins. Yeah. And, yeah, this is the let Go by Avril Lavigne. It's the record that we're going to talk about. Basically, it was a massive success. After the singles, it will be released on, like, 4th of June 2002, reaching 14 on the 200 records Billboard chart, and eventually going 7 times platinum. I repeat, 7 times platinum in the US. Billboard will classify this as the 21st best-selling record of this decade,
2: and, um Okay, didn't expect number 20. Did not expect the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack beat Avril Lavigne for sales that decade.
1: Enya. Enya is surprising.
3: Evanescence makes sense. Linkin Park makes perfect sense.
1: Shaggy is a shock. The top one is No Strings Attached by unthink, which is,
3: I guess. I mean, it makes sense.
1: Um, I think we were done. I think we we're about to talk about uh, the record. Ah. Yes. Shall we start with the first song which is um, something, losing grip. I tried to listen to this record about four times before I made it through this song. This song is a fucking roadblock into listening to this record, I hate it! It's Avril Lavigne trying to be a really poppy version of Linkin Park, and it's... I I hate it, it has like that sort of... it's Linkin Park but with very pop production, it almost has an almost Max Martin quality to the production in introduction, uh, it's very of its time, and I fucking hate it, and it's, uh, well, it's not even very of its time, because it is almost very grungy in points, like, it's almost like it still has those 90s influences, and I found this so boring. I I really don't like this song.
3: I think that this song is fine, um, except for 100%, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, this sounds like Michelle Branches everywhere to me, except for, like, even worse, so, I think I'm just gonna go listen to that instead.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of that on this record. Like, this, sounds, uh, some songs sound fine, but they're also like, there are way better versions of this song on this topic or with this vibe. And yeah, again, I don't. I specifically have a lot of trouble enjoying this first song. Sybil, talk to us about why you love this song and it's your favorite thing in the
2: record and the favorite thing that we've reviewed on this podcast. Well, you see. I gotta say, I love that she is written like a southern bluesman, which she obviously is not, but that's exactly what the tone of the songwriter on this track is, and it's going to be interesting to see when we return to her later what her lyrics are compared to what she was given on this first album.
3: I mean, quite a few songs on this, I'm like, you know, you slow it down just a little bit more and give her an accent and it'd be country.
2: I'm just saying. Am I some chick you placed beside you to take someone's place? When you turn around, can you recognize my face? You used to love me. You used to hug me. But that wasn't the case. Yes, this is obviously the lyrics of a (laughs) 17-year-old.
1: Yeah. But the weird thing is that, like, apparently Skater Boy was given to her. And that song sounds like the lyrics of a (laughs) 17-year-old. That song sounds like the lyrics of a fourteen years old.
2: The thing is, the original track for Skater Boy simply said, "Insert edginess here," and she brought it with a sneer and a grin, at the same time out of both sides of her mouth, like a female Billy Idol.
1: Oh God, don't compare Avril Lavigne to Billy Idol. I like Billy Idol.
2: So do I. I meant the I meant the sneer thing he does. That was the j- entire joke. That's fair. Let's let's talk about her complicated feelings about Billy Idol.
0: Chill out, what she yelling for? Lay back, it's all been done before. And if you could only let it be, you would see.
3: This song sounds like being five years old.
1: This song's like, okay, so we haven't done the, are you familiar with the artists? Because we always have nothing to do. But actually like, I was like eight when this record came out. I didn't have the record, but I did enjoy the singles because I was dumb. I was a kid. And yeah, I remember enjoying this song as a kid. I listened to it now and it's not bad. It's just like one of the most nothing songs on this record. Like, it has some basic catchiness, but the instrumentation is so flimsy and sparse, and it lacks, like, any real punch or substance, and I don't know, it's like, not even Skater Boy at least has some energy going in it, it's like a faster song, I'm With You, at least it's straight up a ballad, this is sort of in between, it's sort of like a weird mid-tempo pop song, and I, I really cannot vibe with it, like, I get that the vocal melody of the chorus is catchy, and so on, but that that's all there is. It's like, it's a catchy chorus with nothing around it.
2: It might have something to do with the fact that this has five different songwriter credits. Yeah. Uh, this definitely feels like the most designed-by-committee track on the album, which, also the biggest single, but we should probably count the part wherein the video okay so the video for losing grip is nothing it's just a performance video this one is a bunch of teens being a-holes at a mall and while avril does get a sick wire food dunk off a trampoline there's also the part where she and her friends tackle a hot dog guy uh, among other things it's just like I want to hit a bunch of children in the kneecaps with a bat. Okay. That's what this song feels like to me.
1: <laughs> so it's really weird that the video and shit took, t- took this album and gave it this very, again, pop punky, uh skater aesthetic, when most of the record really isn't that, like... Most of the record is straight up like commercial again, uh Alanis Morissette, said pop. Without her rage. Yeah, and it's really weird to be for this stuff to be expressed in like the all of the public material with this very punk wannabe aesthetic? It's very it's a very two thousand thing.
2: I don't think we could find a better track to hold up as one of the top it's a two thousand sound. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah. It definitely sounds like it came on the radio when I was 5 years old.
1: You were alive in the 2000?
3: Uh, well, I was 4 when this song came out, but I'm pretty sure that it was still being played when I was 5. So,
2: You're both just murdering me. Also, there's one thing I hate on this track, which is at the very start of the song, there's a weird vocoded ah, uh, 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 uh it is the worst.
1: All of the backing vocals on this record are honestly really weirdly produced, like they don't gel with the rest of the production, and there's a lot of instances when I feel that happens in this one, but also in other songs. You've got this weird, not necessarily vocoder, but you get this weird autotune backing vocals in the background, and every time they pop out they just stand out as something that feels extraneous to the song like it feels like uh something on another tab
2: of my pc is playing it's really weird speaking of really weird how about we talk about when you intentionally misspell everything to seem hip with skater boy So Skater Boy is the third that has a video, and this one starts out completely insane. Because there is a difference between being a skate punk and a dude who does building tall zipline graffiti.
1: There's also some delightful old use of PDA. I don't know what that thing is. They Someone uses a computer to message someone's weird... Bichromatic mobile device which is extremely like early two
2: thousands, got to say. It's one of those flip phones where you opened it up and the inside was a keyboard and it had a tall widescreen.
1: Oh I had one of those. It's not one of those uh colored ones, it's like straight up dichromatic, which is interesting.
2: Yeah, I had similar versions of those.
3: Yep, that that's the I mine was bi-chromatic like that, I think.
1: Were colored screens for phone already a thing in 2002, or no? Don't don't think so. Depends on the model. I
3: Maybe if you were a rich person.
2: Yeah, basically. <laughs> you didn't have a lot of things in the West. Um, I believe in Asia you had a lot more of that.
1: Well, yeah, but you would use those to play like the Kingdom Hearts spin-off and shit.
2: Exactly. Whereas out here we got Snake, and if you're lucky, the really bad Java ports of certain games.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm now going on an extreme tangent. It's really sad how basically like all of the mobile-specific Japanese games from the 2000s are basically lost now, because there's no way to emulate those, those devices, and no one really dumped them.
2: Actually, people have been trying a project to dump them over the past five years.
1: Oh, that's nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I am aware at least of some of those games, like the Kingdom Hearts one. You literally cannot get them anymore. There's no, no existence of them in the internet anymore. I hope they manage to dump them. That would be amazing. But,
2: yeah. So it's twofold. There is a plan to get as many of them off of old devices as possible, sort of like what they do with cart dumps and the Nintendo Power uh, Famicom cartridge writers. And... There's also a set of companies that are just porting these from certain creators' archives and just putting them out in places like Steam with full emulation that you can just do on a controller on computers. Oh, that's pretty cool. I think it's called Mode... Mode or Core? One four-letter abbreviation. But yeah, it's, it's out and in the West if you want them untranslated. Someone is being stumped
1: to death in this video, I think?
2: Yes! This song, this video is insane because, as I said, it starts out with punks. Like, okay, putting up posters around town for your show, relatable. Tagging something on a wall, relatable. Painting the street and escaping into the sewers or ziplining up a building or sending dark web texts in 2002 to tell people show up at noon in the middle of the street in New York is insane.
1: Yep. Also, the video ends with an helicopter coming to stop Ari Levine, which is,
2: I don't know, it's really funny.
3: Is that a mood, Ellie? Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And can I just say, the dumbest look she has on this entire album is in this video where she's wearing a baggy t-shirt With a loose Dilbert necktie draped over it that just flaps around her. It's, uh, I don't know, it's a very anime
3: look. It's very 2000s.
2: It would be an anime look if she were trying anything that seemed self-aware, but this looks like, oh no, I gotta get to work, get dressed, and you threw on the first three things next to your pants.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm looking at it now, and, uh... Yeah, it's not the best. It's not even anime. Like the the green t
2: shirt sort of clashes with everything.
1: I don't know.
3: Okay, now I've got to look.
2: There's five different colors happening on her top. <laughs> also, the lyrics to this are some of the most are the straights okay content we've covered in a while.
1: Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. This is uh, this is like, what? Is misery business? Wasn't even like. Didn't even have the balls of being misery business. I know Misery Business will release in like a couple of years, but this is sort of the feel. It's like, what if you didn't ha- even have the balls to go full misery business? And this is just sort of like a weird female insult fantasy? I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean the uh 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 joke that was going around with the meme like, you know, a decade ago or whatever the fuck was um he was a boy She was a girl, can I make it any more heteronormative?
1: (laughs) Welcome, welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Genre, a
2: musical parody podcast. I remember someone in this vein saying that they had to stop listening to garbage forever because they were so heteronormative. Because of the lyrics, the color of your eyes, the glory of a certain view... A baby in your arms, the smile he always shoots at you. You know, just nice things. Nice memories.
3: And that's not even heteronormative because the gender of the person holding the baby is not specified. They could have adopted.
2: And reminder, (laughs) this is a band that was pretty open about we are pro-queer rights in the 2000s with songs like Androgyny or bleed like me or a lot of different tracks that went down that that's the one garbage (laughs) too heteronormative that was a that was one of the wildest takes i have ever heard and it sticks with me to this day
1: on the other hand that we have this track which is uh can we can we tell the story of this track because this track tells a story and we need to report on that story What is the story of this track? The complex narrative that this track offers us. We know that he was a boy and she was a girl, which makes things fairly obvious, I guess.
3: It's not obvious to me.
2: I do enjoy that doing ballet means you will not want to be with a skater. Just I I like that what more can I say, like that's... Yeah, he
1: he was a punk. She did ballet. What more can I say?
3: Listen, listen. sometimes you're just too busy doing ballet to go see your BF skate. And like, it's just a whole thing,
1: you know? He was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. He wasn't good enough for her. (laughs) The lyrics for this song are so funny. Just the fucking simple rhyming scheme that he uses is
2: great. He wants her. She'd never tell. But secretly, she wanted him as well. (laughs) And her friends say, well, her friends just stick up their nose because they have a problem with his baggy clothes. So Mm -hmm. let's let's unpack this. Would they be okay? With a better-dressed skater boy. Are the jinkos the problem? Or or is it a culture clash? Is it a snobs and slobs thing? It's hard to tell. What version of the skater boy is good enough for her friends?
1: You see, being a punk automatically makes you an outcast. That's how it works in
2: the music industry. (laughs) Yep. Said from the top of the charts. (laughs) But then we jump forward in time. Because i read this segment as being like high school or so Mm -hmm. yeah five years from now she sits at home feeding the baby she's all alone (laughs) we never hear if she's got a partner or who the father is i guess he was lost in the afghanistan war he went overseas after 9-11 and left her alone with the baby and then left her alone with everything. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds fair. That, that's accurate. She turns on TV. Guess who she sees? Skater boy rocking up MTV. So in five years, she got knocked up solo. He got a record contract.
1: <gasps> wait, wait, wait. Is she like Virgin Mary pregnant? Is that, is that a possibility in this narrative? That she just. Uh, she, could, she could be. We never hear about a partner. Imagine Conception. Okay. That's part of the song.
3: <laughs> I finally figured out. Speaking of songs, that these songs sound like what we enjoy more. Falling for Soup's Punk Rock 101 has the same vibes, except for it's more fun.
1: Yeah. You know, that, that song is good. And we use it as a light up to the final bit of our podcast.
3: We do. But is it not the same sort of narrative of, you know, uh, skater boy, girl that's not a skater, ugh, you, and then, oh, I
1: regret it. Pop Punk 101 doesn't have the five years, like, skater boy, Shippuden time skip? I want to know what happened in those five years. No,
3: I mean, it It does have a time skip it, where, you know, does it? seven years later, he works as a waiter. Uh, she married a trucker and he's never there. Listen, I listen to that song a lot. I know the words to <laughs> the <Okay>. song.
1: <laughs> that is fair. I mean, that is a good song. Mm-hmm. I like Bowling for Soup. The new, the new song is really good. I really enjoyed the new Bowling for Soup single.
3: Hmm. I'll have to listen to it.
2: Here's the other question. Is it that the boy is just the backup in Avril's band? Because she's. I wanted to
1: go into this, because okay. at the end it gets meta, and it talks about how they'll be in the studio singing the song they wrote together, but...
2: They'll be at our studio.
1: They own it. Yes, and what you said I think makes more sense, because in my brain it was like this weird meta thing, where like, the boy was like Avril Lavigne, Mel Sona, or something. Yeah! The boy is clearly a stand-in for Avril Levine in this situation, but Avril Levine is narrating as a second party who's actually with the boy. So it's a really weird meta-thing, where in this universe, Avril Lavigne is not... The frontman of the thing, but this boy is the frontman of the thing. But Avril Lavigne still exists as an as a, like a partner to the frontman, and they write together. And I'm really confused. But your solution maybe works. I don't know. <laughs> Avril Lavigne self sessed
2: Well, I think I think the skater boy is the John Freshanti. To Avril Lavigne's Anthony Kiedis, that that could be, that could be. He's a superstar slamming on his guitar, but we never hear he's singing.
1: The big problem is that uh, I think the guitar player or whatever, all of the players for this record are like the producers, which I assume like are fairly older. <laughs> so this starts, is starting to have very uncomfortable implications, I guess.
2: Also, can I read the foremost? are you okay straight people lines in this song yes too bad that you couldn't see see the man that boy could be there is more than meets the eye i see the soul that is inside <laughs> what <laughs> this comes right before we repeat he's just a boy and i'm just a girl you don't get to say you saw his soul and then but he's a dude well <laughs> <laughs> she saw his boy soul. The soul that all of the boys have. His bull. <laughs> the bad boy soul. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, they just, the final act of this song is, uh, also, we're at MTV power couple, and we sing about how good we fuck. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Move on. Keep scrolling.
3: Yeah, we straight. Keep scrolling. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the the song is wild. <laughs> this song is absolutely insane. And as we mentioned at the top, this is a song where mobs of children make their way into the streets after having a whole underground tunnel network under the city to get to this concert, and then a single police helicopter paralyzes Avril Lavigne in a spotlight, <laughs> and she is captured.
1: I love the I love that scene because it looks like the helicopter is going to like. Do, like, a- Land on her! <laughs> you say land on her? I was imagining, like, a UFO beam, because it shines a light, like, vertically down to her, and I was just imagining her, like, getting pulled up like a fucking UFO listing. Beam me up, Scotty. Also, I'm gonna- uh, I'm gonna mention my first note for this song, which is a quote that I attributed to Avril Lavigne, and is Get me the fartiest things you can find. <laughs>
3: And you know, this is something coming from Ellie, because Ellie loves fart synths.
1: <laughs> I do love fart synths. <laughs> the synths and the songs are some of the fartiest synths I ever heard in pop music.
2: Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. I think that's where we peak on this one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How about we move on to the second to last single and the last video on the album? I'm with you.
0: Isn't anyone trying to find me? Or won't somebody come take me home? It's that. Day-
1: Sarah Aerosmith, but girl. I don't know. Uh, I...
2: This, this is very Aerosmith.
1: Yeah, on, on a good side, I think Avril Levine voice works way better for, like, ballads than rock songs. She actually has a very nice voice for ballads. Um. Mm-hmm. The basic melody is actually pretty decent. And uh, I don't know, this goes nowhere, though. Like, this is the problem of a lot of this, like, pop, rock, ballads... It sort of goes nowhere. Lyrically this is basically a Disney princess song. Uh, it's like I it's like Belle from Beauty of the Beast, right? I like reading and I want to see the world out there. It's pretty much. And the only way I can do it is through a man because I have no autonomy of my own.
2: To be fair, she might be homeless in this song.
1: <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
2: I don't know. It's a damn cold night trying to figure out this life. Won't you take me by the hand? Take me somewhere? No. I don't know who you are, but I'm with you. All I'm saying is it definitely feels like, especially with I'm standing on the bridge, I'm waiting in the dark. Maybe she just doesn't have anywhere to go. I also don't think they say male. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Avril Lavigne, queer icon. (laughs)
1: Sure. <laughs> I mean, she didn't do Hello Kitty,
0: because... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is one of the most shamefully queer baiting, like, terrible
2: things in the universe,
1: for sure.
3: <laughs> I didn't know it was a queer baiting thing. I just abhor it
2: for its existence. I don't think I've ever actually heard that. Let me look this up. Oh, Let me look up oh, the lyrics have to you this. Seen the, have you seen the video? No. What? Okay.
1: No, no.
2: Okay, I'm going to type Avril Lavigne, Hello Kitty.
1: We're going to stop here and Sibyl is going to watch Avril Lavigne, Hello Kitty. (laughs) Oh, I listened to the song many times. I've watched this video many times. Like, you, you, you got past the opening. Yeah, I, 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 love this what? whole thing. This is
2: one of my favorite things in the universe. Ellie, I'm unfriending you. Oh my god. Oh, we're, we're out Gwen Stefani and Gwen Stefani for appropriation.
1: Yes, yes, yes. It's wonderful. Apparently, she's like very popular in Japan, and this is what she decided to do with that. And I adore this. What
2: is this hair? What is this skirt? (laughs) It's a cupcake skirt. (laughs) Hillary Clinton up top, and then whatever the hell that skirt is down below. Okay, also very Gwen Stefani, none of the Asian women get to say a word. Oh, absolutely. It also has a dubstep break. Did, Did she just... Chop and screw the word kawaii. Yes. Mm-hmm. This song is going places I didn't know. This is, this is, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't know this. This is, like, peak
1: terrible.
2: <laughs> I did not. Also those are some Lisa Loeb ass glasses. Mm-hmm.
3: You can see why I made the noise that I did, right, Sybil? Yes.
2: Oh my god, I really want some of this candy right now. <laughs> just, this store looks really tasty. I want candy too. This continues to escalate somehow, which I did not expect. This is like a modern version of the Kirsten dance video? I, I'm i sorry, having a seizure with a sake bottle was... What? The the editing has just taken on shitpost quality.
1: <laughs> oh, this whole song is shitpost. Entirely as, uh,
2: involuntary shitpost. The editing has just completely cre- All we need is macro blocking, and we have just gone peak YouTube poop. Why is there a
1: drop? Because you have to up the dump This was like 2014.
2: I'm sorry. There's one of these women in the back who looks furious to be here, angrily fisting the air. Three of them have a blank expression. One of them just has this look on her face that is like... Oh, the instant the cameras come off, this is when it goes down. You'll be the first against the wall. That's what her face says. (laughs) (laughs) So that was
1: psychotic. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things in the world to show to people. It's great.
2: About, the music video has attracted controversy due to its use of Japan. Decide for yourself.
3: (laughs) <laughs> it it's you of japan the the whole country
2: <laughs> the, the... Oh. well that was a rabbit hole back on track back on track we were we were talking about i'm with you which was what i was going to say it's a middle of the road ballad that has a good cadence doesn't drag and highlights her vocal range yeah. that's it wow <laughs>
3: <laughs> we broke civil we broke civil
2: um it's it's like you just injected me with black tar heroin and then slammed me into a wall and went okay walk normal speed again <laughs> Yeah. that was just raw peak problematic energy and then instantly we have to go back to this very pleasant, competent, middle-of-the-road ballad that has no real flaws for me to pick apart. And it's like, I, I just had an adrenaline crash.
1: There, there. I have a thing, because I found all of the ballads on this record, like, not offensive, not bad, but I don't like this kind of ballads, and I don't think that when they're not obviously terrible, there's not much I can say about this sort of, like, very cookie-cutter, middle-of-the-road ballads. So, given that the big problem is that if you don't have good lyrics, and if you don't have good, like, music, or at least a creative approach to writing a ballad, which bands like Jimmy Edwards had, like, actual, like, interesting production, there's not much you can talk about, and there's not much enjoyable for me as, like, an adult. In that, I get why a teen would like this song, because they haven't ever heard anything better. But, as an adult, I think there are better alternatives to this kind of things in terms of vibes, in terms of themes.
3: Like the Mountain
1: Goats, mobile! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go to that, this on the next track, but for every one of these tracks, um, I, I wrote down an alternative, something that you can listen instead of this track, and it's good. Uh, For I'm With You, I'm With You is like, uh, things are bad, but now I have a B.F., so things are good. This one is sort of hard, because that is a very teen, like, mood, that I don't think you can find in a lot of, like, good music. Um, But I'm gonna go with uh, Japanese Breakfast, the song is still that. I don't think they would appreciate um, the Hello Kitty video, although she's Korean, but I think that's, like, sort of universally offensive. (laughs) But yeah, till that is like this wonderfully like delicate pop ballad with this sort of vintage vibe. There's a lot of like 70s pop in that record. I love that record. Soft Sound from Another Planet is the whole record. Re- recommended. Amazing record. Mm-hmm. But the song specifically is like this pop ballad which is basically like the songwriter detailing her really how her relationships helped her get through a lot of dark shit and it's just like this sort of like list of dark, really dark things um, delivered in this like really sweet and like calming sort of like piano ballad and it's a really great song, it has a really great production I really love the sound of the piano on it and what the synths are doing and it's a great mood piece and I definitely recommend it this is my, my pick for the song, for a, re- for a replacement for the song we can, we can now go on mobile I hate this one. That was a journey. Are you all right, Simo? Do you need a minute?
2: <laughs> that that was a journey. Uh this... Oh, okay. Apparently this was released as a single only in Australia and New Zealand. So this is a Southern Hemisphere single.
1: Yeah, this was the sixth single. Uh, I didn't mention it because it was released like in 2005. I, I haven't researched it, but I'm assuming for either some special release... Or this record maybe made it later there. But yeah, it was the sixth single.
2: Someone claims an unreleased video surfaced about a decade ago for this, where it was just shots of her playing guitar on a road somewhere.
1: I like parts of the song. Like, I was really into the bluesy guitar verses. Like, it was a whole thing in the 2000s, late 90s, that sort of acoustic guitar with sort of a bluesy feel. But my brain is, like, extremely weeb, so I immediately go to, Hey, this is Dollar Store Nakamura Emi. Uh, and I'm, I'm enjoying, I enjoy the stuff. And then that mediocre-ass pop chorus enters the song, and it doesn't fit with anything the verses are doing, and I really hate it. And, yeah, I don't know, that's my take. So,
3: what this sounds like... Is the uh, uh, post-2001 pop country that I just can't stand. Don't get me wrong. I love country music. Uh, depending on who's making it and why.
2: <laughs> not a fan of Toby Keith's Red, White, and Mad?
3: Not a fan of Toby Keith's Red, White, and Mad. Um, Not a fan. So this... Sounds like a a lot of the garbage that got played where I grew up. Um, Lyrically, it's not the same, but it's still got the same vibes to it. So I'm just like, I could just listen to good country music instead.
2: (laughs) I thought this one is mixed terribly. Very weird mixing on this. It kind of sounds like someone threw an Alanis Morissette CD in a trash can. Like, just a weird, a weird metallic echo. But the vocals really carry this, and this is one of the tracks where you can see, okay, Avril Lavigne has a future, maybe not in this genre. She's got a good range just over these first few tracks. And, uh, good on her. This was inoffensive. Okay, I, I,
1: I really hated that chorus, but yeah, I got it. Let's go to Unwanted. I have almost nothing to say about. It's uh, a better version of Ari Levine trying to do Linkin Park. It goes a bit harder. It's not the worst thing I've ever listened
2: and I don't have much to say about it. The breakdowns in this track have this synth backline that feels like a Duran Duran B-side and then there's the part where in the chorus she just gets this echoey rage filter that left me going, what? Like, she sounds like the villain turning into a monster in a bad video game during the chorus, where suddenly she sounds like this. And the oh, she's Mike Patton from the darkness. Yes, she's just got that very Mike Patton, very monster, out-of-nowhere echo, and then it just vanishes for the regular scene.
3: This song has subliminal messaging inside of it that says... Adam, you really want to listen to Hilary Duff's The Getaway, like, you just really want to listen to that <laughs> now, go listen to that, and then I go listen to it instead of this song.
1: I am not gonna criticize your music tastes, but I don't know, I feel there would be better choices and things to listen.
3: I mean, if you had to choose between this song or that song.
1: Uh, I don't remember, I like this song, this song is fine. <laughs> It's, uh, it's a bit harder than everything else on the record it's, You know, it's clearly her trying to be Linkin Park I don't know, this is listenable And the interesting thing is that the next song is like complete backlash We go from like the hardest song on the record To probably like one of the softest ballads <laughs> But I don't When you say that it's gonna be It always
0: turns out to be a different way Try to believe you. Not the She Oasis?
2: today, 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 today. I, I She's like some kind of (laughs) she-Gallagher. Just tell me, tell me you can't hear Noel and Liam singing tomorrow. Yeah, I, I don't know. This sounds like another generic ballad to me. Again. A couple lines on this reminded me of Don't
1: Look Back in Anger. Oh, that's a much better song than this, though. It's a much better song, but that's the way it's coming out. Yeah, I guess. I, again, I have nothing to say about the ballads. I can tell you my replacement song for this one. Okay. Okay, so I have two for this one. The theme of the song is My boyfriend left me, and I'm not sure if I can forgive him. Which is, you know, re- relationship, not working well, blah blah blah, common theme. So I have two choices here. The first one is Pill Shelter by Tears for Fears, which yeah. managed to say a lot more about the relationship with, like, two verses which is, you know, and, uh, and also you get to listen to all of the sweet new wave melodies, because still for Fear rules. The second one, which is even a better option, because it continues with the theme of let's replace female-led songs with other female-led songs, is the bass song by Jason, which is like just like a wonderfully well-written uh, small indie song about relationship failing.
2: One of the fun facts about this, according to Genius, is She cried singing this song on stage on the same day that her grandfather passed away. Okay. And then they have video of it, like you really want to see that.
3: (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, some people do. Because they're fucked up.
2: Also, I just feel like maybe it's not the song. Maybe she just cried on tour when her grandfather died.
0: (laughs) I mean,
3: you know, sometimes... That shit happens, and yeah. like, you don't need to be like, "Wow, let let's let's look at it."
1: Let's
2: catalog this for the wiki.
1: Look, as someone who is new to have uh, estrogen in my body, you cry a lot. You cry a lot more than normal, especially if like shit happens. So, like, yeah.
3: Can confirm.
2: Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so
3: long, suckers
2: if you thought I was chaos elemental now
1: oh boy <laughs> it's awesome Sable your chest hurts like fuck and
2: you cry <laughs> at everything it's great I love it mm-hmm. I'm just saying if you think I'm a little bit unhinged and prone to flights of madness now what about with mood swings
3: <laughs> honestly I can't wait to see this play out <laughs> <laughs>
2: It will be anything but ordinary.
0: Is <laughs> it
1: Uh, My note on this is, we entered the ballad zone. It's a lot of ballads from now on, and I do not enjoy it. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: It's very polished, pretty regular, Uh, it's not awful. Like, this is better than probably everything that something corporate ever did in their records, I mean, yeah. I mean, it also literally goes la 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 at some point, and uh, I don't think... I think that describes the song.
3: Going off of my theme of recommending contemporary-ish songs um, instead of these, uh, Ordinary Day by Vanessa Carlton is very nice, you could listen to that.
1: Okay. Uh, my pick for this, given that the theme of this song is like... There are two themes to this song, like one is Love Hurts, and the other one is like, I am weird for vague undefined reasons, because I take an hour to wash my hair or something. Um, I'm gonna ignore that second part, because... eh? Uh, But my pick for the first one is a bit different, because again, I'm trying to push some more, like, you know, grown-up songs. Um, And I went with Young Enough by Charlie Bliss, which is the title track from their amazing 2019 record. It's a pop-punk band who just... um, just went, like, just took a hard turn and went into making a synth-pop record, and it's great! Um, And yeah, the core theme of the song is the opposite, it's like... This relationship was good, but love should not hurt, and coming to term that despite the good times, loving yourself is more important to love someone else, is this really gentle, nostalgic, and also sort of sad ballad. And again, it has some punk sound in there, it has some synth-pop sound in there, uh, you need to sort of get used to the Charlie Bliss singer voice, which I think uh, is very unique. It's like this very squeaky, very high-pitched voice, but I, it's great. I love this song. And you should listen to the record of the same title, because it's fantastic. It was my record of the year for either 2020 or 2019. I don't remember when it came out. Now, Sybil will tell us why Anything But Ordinary is her favorite song in the world.
2: Uh, I actually was going to say this one is pretty good because it has a lot of me energy other than someone rip my heart out and leave me here to bleed. Apparently, uh, this is very much a track that she has said at different times is about, I don't want to be ordinary. I want to wear jinkos and baggy clothes and act how I want. But then she's also said this song was inspired by having ADHD. It's like, what? I don't have ADHD, so I don't know if this tracks with that, but, um, okay. Do you wear baggy clothes? Uh, my pants were falling down earlier, so maybe... I've lost a lot of weight.
3: You know, gotten around to, you know, acquiring a diagnosis for ADHD because the system is fucked.
1: But, I don't know, man... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm mean, insane, Anon. Like, I I don't know if it's ADHD, but there's definitely something fucked up in my brain, and we'll never discover what.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, but no, no, no. What, what what the I Don't Know Man was about, uh, this relating to that in any way.
1: Welcome to Gotta Get Out of this doctor's office where we diagnose Avril Lavigne.
2: Well, to be fair, she mentioned her own diagnosis, but apparently, uh, I. I just don't know that this energy is what I would call ADHD energy because, again, just the repetitions of somebody rip my heart out, leave me here to bleed, is it enough, is it enough to die? What? If
1: someone rips your heart out, yes, you will die. You need a heart to survive. So I think the answer there is quite simple. It's yes, it is enough to die. You can see it in a lot of Mortal Kombat games, if you want a real-life
2: example. Good point. What if you're like Goro and you have two hearts?
1: Well, uh, I guess they have to, I don't know, then you
2: have to see if you bleed to death. Yeah, that is more complicated. Why did Goro make these things so complicated?
3: You know, I know, but it's on the list of things I'll never say. (laughs)
1: Oh, that's a good segue. This is when it starts getting very Alanis Morissette, like this and the next song are very like this is sort of like a shittier version with less songwriting of Alanis Morissette songs. And these are the two songs that I enjoy the most from this record. They are very poppy.
2: Also, this is another ADHD song. Okay, I guess. But she she credits it to astrology this time.
1: <laughs>
3: <God>. Uh Uh <sighs> what? I
2: Well, you see, the entirety of this song is about how you can have so much going in your head, but it might not be good to say it, because you see, she's a sun sign. Um,
3: so I can't correct you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) These lyrics are insane, by the way, because, yeah, um... I'm I'm washing my hair for an hour, etc. Tugging at my hair, pulling at my clothes, trying to keep my cool. I know that it shows, etc.
3: Yeah, I, you know, hashtag Libra problems.
1: One of my notes here is the most punk thing of all, marriage. <laughs>
2: These lyrics and this tambourine are insane. If I could say what I want to say, I'd say I want to blow you away. Be with you every night. Am I squeezing you too tight? <laughs>
3: Eyebrow waggle. Uh.
2: (laughs) What is wrong with what's wrong with my tongue? These words keep slipping away. Stutter. I stutter. Stutter. I stumble like I've got nothing to say. Also, the bridge just makes me think of. I cannot remember what mid 2000s hip hop song it was that had mystical just coming in and getting angry on the verse, but it was stutter, 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 stutter. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I kept thinking of.
1: Okay. I mean, music-wise, I like this a lot more than any of the other singles. Like, this is just like a pleasant pop song. I don't know. It has some guitars, some acoustic guitars on it. Again, it's very Alanis Morissette, but... I don't know. I enjoy this specifically, musically at least. It's fine.
3: I mean, if I wanted to listen to Alanis Morissette, I could, you know...
1: You could listen to Alanis an reset? Yeah. Yeah, I could. I could. <laughs> Um, which to be fair It's not a thing that I do ever. So I yeah, don't know.
3: exactly. That's why it was an if.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did also write a single, very stupid note based on the title of this track, and I don't know if you want me to read it.
3: I want to hear it,
2: Avril Lavigne. Tell me how to get a persona. Me spitting up blood. Fuck you.
3: <laughs> what? what? I love you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> things i'll never say
3: taking the knowledge to your grave
0: Gotta be the same. Never wore cover up, always beat the boys up. Grew up in a five thousand population town. Made my money by cutting grass, got fired by fried chicken ass, all in a small town, Nephany.
1: We can all talk about the next song now. My world uh, which I have no opinions about, aside from it's sort of nice, it's not terrible. In so. her world, where am
2: oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, that is how you get a fursona.
2: <laughs> yes, if you're the kind of person who sings Sonic songs unprompted, probably.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know, this is sort of nice. Any, any more in-depth opinion that me just sort of not vibing with this whole record?
3: This song sounds like grocery store music. This song comes on while you're you're trying to decide between oat milk and almond milk, and you're just standing there and you're like, ah, music. Yep, moving on with life.
1: The grocery store that I currently shop at, and this is unrelated to this song, but this blew my mind and it's like horrible has one single song that's on loop all the day
3: and the people that work there have not committed murder yet
1: i i don't know i don't know how they do it it's one song it's constantly on loop it's damn i mean it's not even terrible but it's just like it's just
2: one thing one song on loop you can tune out easily though
1: I don't know. It's like a weird, like, I, I don't think it's like a famous song. I think it might just be a song that they made for the supermarket or something.
2: It's the pharmacy song from Persona 2.
1: You know? <laughs> I wish.
3: Someone I know used to work at a place where they had one CD that they would just play on loop all the time. And they were ready to, like, legitimately murder someone. Um. So, just one song, like...
1: Yeah, it's one song repeated on loop and interspliced with like, shop at our store, because we have good things that you can buy, or whatever, you know, those kind of messages. Hmm. Uh, uh, it's weird.
2: I could tell you plenty of things on the radio at work song-, song stories, but I will instead go with the Christmas story. Yes. I worked at Fry's Electronics before they died. Back when they were at the peak of their power, actually. And I was in the second largest... Like, we were competing for first with one of the other in the entire chain. We had charts every week about who was selling more. So we were king shit. And that meant we could do a lot of very stupid things. Like, at Christmas... Back in the days when Fry's had a massive media section, like aisles upon aisles of whatever you wanted to get, we would open a different novelty Christmas album every day in December and just put it on loop. So you'd have to hear it over and over, but you'd be hearing something different every day. And it went from the obvious, A Very Special Christmas, to Manheim Steamroller, to... A black metal Christmas to a honky tonk Christmas to lullaby Christmas to 25 days of this. And you never heard the same thing twice.
3: Amazing. I mean, that still sounds like hell. I'm going to instate
1: this in my own life. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate sticking to the bit. So you know,
2: do we have anything else to say about the song other than my note that simply says "weird Alanis"?
3: I I just it 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 sounds okay. It sounds like it would come on in the grocery store, and I wouldn't be like, ugh, this song. I'd just be like, yeah, whatever. I need to find out where the fuck they keep the dice chilies.
1: Sorry, but I think we need to go to the next track because the next track is the one where they let uh, Avril Lavigne rap, and I think that's an important <laughs> cultural touchstone.
2: <laughs> yes 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 let's do it nobody's fool
0: fall back take a look at me and you'll see i'm for real i feel it only i can feel and if that don't appeal to you let me know and i'll go because i flow better when my colors show and that's the way it has to be honestly because creativity could never
1: Yeah, I feel that letting Canadian rap is a great cultural touchstone for inclusivity and Informa diversity. Boom, <laughs> down.
2: Canadian rap is classic. <laughs>
1: I don't know. This is literally my only comment on this. It's like 50% of the song is Avril Lavigne rapping and 50% of the song is a shitty ballad chorus. <laughs> I don't know what you want to know more. I think I, you, I just described everything that you need to know about this song.
2: A lot of this album comes back to the theme of being yourself as cool kids in a variety of different ways. But this is the only one that really feels like, oh, word, this is how you're going to try to sell that message. (laughs) I can believe pop punk Avril. I can believe ballad Avril. I don't know that I can believe skate rap Avril with backing vocals by some guy who thinks he's in some 41.
3: I mean, the about says nobody's... fool deals with avril's self-image dealing with arista records after her signing arista had wanted to give avril a certain image and that she was not comfortable with and just wanted to show her true self rather than changing who she was for her label's sake
2: and what she is is a rapper clearly
3: i don't know i i I like country singer avril better
2: (laughs) there's this spoken word bit where you know Go ahead and try, try to look me in the eye, but you'll never see inside until you realize, realize things are trying to settle down, just trying to figure out exactly what I am about, etc., etc. But the one that gets me the absolute.
3: Is it the milk and cherries? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was just going to bring it up.
2: Well, there's that. But then the line right after that is great because this is peak children thinking they know the world. I'm not the milk and Cheerios in your spoon. It's not a simple here we go, not so soon. I might have fallen for that when I was 14 and a little more green, but it's amazing what a couple of years can mean. She's 17 at this time!
3: Yeah, I'm sorry to tell you, but that's still baby.
2: I'm sorry. I think I know exactly what you're trying to pull on me, record executives. I've got a permit.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. I can drive myself wherever I want as long as I have an adult in the passenger seat.
1: (laughs) This song feels like not good Psalm 41, as you mentioned. Like, nothing on this song is as good as my dentist said my mother should have an abortion, 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 (laughs) abortion. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: This is an embarrassing track. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that makes it better than the next song.
1: Um, the next song is another pop ballad. Is it too much to ask to not have any more pop ballads? I thought you
0: were cool until the point. But up until the point, you didn't call me when you said you would. Finally figured out you're all the same. Always coming up with some kind.
2: I legitimately forgot this entire track. I remember the intro to
1: this track, which is again, sort of bluesy, and it feels like it's about to go into something interesting, and then I just like hand wave it away, and it's again another really boring pop ballad and um... Yeah, okay, I'm gonna give you my alternative for this for this another boring pop ballad mm-hmm. like, this is a breakup song this is like, me and you are not gelling together and you, it's too much to ask for you to treat me nicely and I have two options here because I have one is the pop option which is Yadin Beck, Love Game it's just like a really nice like R&B track about boys are no good, you know, classic theme for a song and it's just like, you know, sort of the same theming, but you know with slightly better lyrics and especially a lot of more like good personality and good like just buzz musically. It goes really heavy in the R&B teaming of the song. So that's good, but if you want to have real fun with a breakup song my second option there is just Vernon Jane sing, which is like three minutes of the singer shouting I'm a bitch and you're a cunt over really heavy guitars. And I think that I think that goes more to the point <laughs> of the of the breakup song, of what a breakup song is. Uh, so yeah, the whole of Ritual of Lovemaking by Vernon Jane is a fantastic like breakup concept album. with like punk, jazz, progressive stuff in it. It's great.
3: This one is the point at which I went, oh, it's like Taylor Swift, but worse. So,
2: A, this is Vengeful Skater Boy, mm-hmm. because it's singing directly at the boy who scorned her. But when when you could look outside, I'm still here. And, you know, to be fair if you dumped a teenage Avril Lavigne and then she did a diss track on you and became the Queen of Canada, I suppose you would also be like, dude. But I love, I'm going to read you a verse and then I'm going to read you Avril's own explanation of what the song is about just for punchline. It's the first time I ever felt this lonely. Wish someone would cure this pain. It's funny when you think it's going to work out. Till you chose weed over me, you're so lame.
1: My take is that this was sing from the point of view of the girl in uh, the Two Stone Nintendo song.
2: <laughs> Avril says the song is about a boy she met when she was 14 over the summer who said he'd call but never did.
3: Oh, yeah, I remember, remember a song or two ago when she was like, man, the difference in maturity a couple of years can make from 14 to 17. And then she makes this song right after, huh?
2: Yes. (laughs) Can't you see that you lie to yourself? You can't see the world through a mirror. It won't be too late when the smoke clears because I I'm still here. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) A boy who didn't call her over the summer at the age of 14. (laughs) I don't know how you could not like this album when it's full of such comedic gold.
3: Oh no, I like this album. I'm having a lot of fun doing my thing.
1: (laughs) Yep.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) Shall we talk about Naked? which I'm assuming is a song dedicated to Metal Gear Solid 3 protagonist, Naked Snake. Please, please put some clothes on.
2: <laughs> this is harassment, Avril.
1: Mm. I'm gonna just read the three notes on this song, because the last song is always hard for me, because I'm exhausted. So, does this girl think about anything but relationships?
2: Not yet, but she's 17.
1: A second note is, yeah, I have nothing. And my third note is, listen to broom people instead. When finally we mentioned the mountain goats as a replacement song. I held back throughout the whole record, but we're we're at the last song, trying to take it a bit easy, so I'm just gonna recommend the Mountain Good song, which is Broom People, which is a way better version of the Life Is Hard But I Am Vulnerable With My Romantic Partner. Broom People, way better version of that song. And I'm done, I'm done with this record.
2: You Feel free to discuss the song about being naked. This is supposed to be a song about vulnerability, but some of the lyrics come off Cronenbergian. I'm naked around you, does it show? You see right through me and I can't hide. (laughs) I'm trying to remember why I was afraid to be myself and let the covers fall away. Guess I never had someone like you to help me fit in my skin.
3: (laughs) Yeah, (gasps) I, I really didn't like this one.
2: I'm so naked around you and I can't hide. You're gonna see right through, baby. That's the last words of the album.
3: No, thank you. (laughs)
2: Look at my guts. Avril Lavigne, 2002.
1: Any thoughts at this point, after this episode? Are any thoughts left in your head?
3: ka ka kawaii <laughs> Yeah, my thoughts are this was fun.
2: This
1: was incredibly fun! Uh, I mean, it was fun to talk about. I don't... I, I'm sorry, I don't vibe with this record. This is just not my thing. It's a fairly polished pop record that doesn't even have that nice, like, Pop, Like, I like electronic pop, but this is sort of like weird, acoustic, guitar-driven pop That is just not my thing This is definitely not the worst thing that we've listened to on this podcast But it's definitely like one of those 2 out of 5 for me, it's just like Can't fight with this, not really my thing No pop punk in this, no emo in this, just some ballads And I I, I, I presented you better ballads to to listen to
2: Well, good news. Next time, we will not have ballads.
1: What will we have next time?
2: We have Boxcar Racer, which, remember, is a tribute to Fugazi. (laughs) In Delonge's own words, it was created to pursue darker ideas he felt were unsuited for Blink-182, and partially inspired by and viewed as a tribute to Quicksand, Fugazi, and Refused. Hoppus was very interested in being a part of the project, but Delange did not want the record to turn into another Blink-182 album. However, he contended the invitation of Barker was just so he didn't have to pay a studio drummer. (sighs) Uh, no, it says it's the No Homers Club. We can have one. <laughs> oh. Okay.
1: Same song, different
0: chorus. It's stupid, contagious, to be broken, save us. Can someone please save us from Pop Pop 101?
1: So, this was the episode. You can find us at getoutofthistown.com It's our website, it's cool, go on it There's good things on it, like Our episodes, and other things You can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast At gmail.com, which is our mail Please do it, if you send us an email We'll talk about your email, and then we'll have A conversation with a delay of about 3 months 2 weeks Um, And... You can add us at G-G-O-O-T podcast on the Twitter. I'm always on Twitter, so I will respond to you immediately. Ellie does live on Twitter. It's, it's yeah. true. And put, like, a like on your response. So if you want free likes, just add us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, we're everywhere that you can find podcasts. And especially if you're on iTunes or Apple Podcast, whatever it's called now, you can rate and review us, which is good. Mm-hmm. It is not bad. It is good. Especially if you rate us. The highest you rate us, the better it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and this is it. Next up is Boxcar Racer. Do you have anything to plug, Adam? I do not.
2: Do you have anything
1: to plug, Sybil?
2: I have a website, hellscaper.com. It has all of my projects, including this podcast. Finally!
1: I appreciate you including us. It went live with the relaunch. And you can find me at moon on the Twitter, and...
3: If you want to support us, uh, we do not have a Patreon, but... If you have a crush on a skater boy, but you don't want to say see you later boy, you are in luck because we are starting up a uh, skate and ballet supply shop. So that way you can spend more time with
1: your boo. (laughs) Good night, everyone. (laughs)
0: Goodbye. Good night. (laughs) I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my flight Sleep like a pop pumpkin. Get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify.